It's Tuesday, so you know what that means. It's Television Tuesday, Spirekins Podcast, where we talk about all new TV shows. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Hope all of you have been doing well during this wonderful and strange week that we've had, because we've had some interesting TV shows, some shocking TV shows, and one of them, which left me with a cliffhanger that has completely confused the hell out of me. But if you're joining us for the first time, Welcome. Uh, Sparking Television Tuesday is a podcast where we talk about a group of new TV shows week by week. We tell you how the overarching plot is and if it's worth investing your time in or not. Now, we split the episodes up in a unique way. The first half of the podcast is going to be spoiler-free or spoiler-light. And then after the music, we have our spoiler section where we spoil the the show completely, going into motives, big reveals, and our thoughts for the next couple episodes. If you want to check out any of our earlier episodes, you can check them out at www.spirekid.com. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, and various other social media sites. And with that in mind, let's actually get to it because we've got a lot to talk about this week. And it was shocking all the stuff that happened this week. It really was. So actually, we are going to start off with one show that is shocking and strange and just is getting more and more bizarre as we talk. And I'm talking about Prodigal Son. Talking about Season 2, Episode 4, Take Your Father to Work Day. And in this episode, there is a murder at Claremont Psychiatric Institute. And the only witness is, of course, Martin Whitley. He had nothing to do with it. He had a guard watching him. And it was his former cellmate who did it. Well, you have to watch episode to find out. So Malcolm and Gil have to go to Claremont to interview and find out what happened. Because the guy had no reason for wanting to kill himself, but he apparently threw himself out of a second floor window the twists and turns of this episode are great while this is going on we have uh, jessica malcolm's mother trying to find out what is going on with ainsley and getting a little too close to the truth of what is occurring where will this all go what will happen it is a rather shocking show because of what is going on and i've got to say that michael sheen is having a blast as usual as malcolm uh, sorry martin whitley and reveling in this i'm a sociopath but i'm very intelligent and usually i'm the smartest person in the room and in this situation he has a choice between being the smartest person in the room and doing something and being a good father and that's what this episode cultivates and it's setting up you have a lot of issues going on and more importantly jessica is really getting involved with ainsley and trying to find out what happened that night because of such a little stupid thing she knows something's wrong and after what happened at the end of the last season, we know there's an issue. So where is it going to go? Where is it going to come to a head? This show has been getting slowly better and better. This was one of the better episodes and built upon a lot of statements that were occurring and also a lot of plot elements that have been held on from last season and this season. Where is it going to go? What's going to happen? Well, you're going to have to wait for the spoiler section to find out. So, But this show is definitely still worth watching. It is a worth watching once and then forget about it and then speculate with your friends about it. So let's get on with the next show, which that one I'm a little bit more kind of iffy on because this episode was actually released last week as a special. We're going to release this episode early and we're talking about Resident Alien Episode 3, Secrets, directed by Robert Duncan McNeil, who directed the last episode. And this episode deals with a body being found in the lake by Dr. Vanderspiel's house, which may or may not actually be the 
actual Dr. Vanderspiel. So Harry has to kind of make them not find the body, which may be him, as well as dealing with his arch nemesis, this kid. The show is still uh, Tudyk being hysterical as definitely a fish out of water. He's an alien on Earth trying to be like, I'm human, I'm normal, but he's being very weird. You also have uh, some other side notes going on with Astra. A big plot point has been shown about her, which is very shocking. And I got to admit, a little, not heartbreaking, but it makes you think about where you want it to go because you want it to be true and you want her to be good because she's a great secondary character and a great lead in this show. Where is the show going to go? Well, it's completely diverted from the original source material. It's not like the comic at all. This is becoming a procedural. At first it was a murder mystery. Now it's something else is going on. How is this going to end up? Not sure, but I got to say this one's another fun one to watch. This is a worth watching once also. So next we get into Snowpiercer and this, holy shit. Um, this episode set up a lot that was going on. Um, this is uh, season two, episode three, A Great Odyssey. At this point, from the repercussions from last episode, Melanie has a chance to get in touch with her long-lost daughter for a little bit before some stuff happens. It's kind of major plot points. Meanwhile, we have great Mr. Wilford trying to manipulate and scheme the situation. Layton is dealing with the revelation from last episode, as well as the fact that everybody doesn't believe in him anymore. They're kind of, he went from revolutionary to politician, and unless he gets support from the tailies and from everybody, he may lose his position. More importantly, they may lose this war to Mr. Wilford, and that's going to be a lot worse. This episode had a lot of character development specifically for Melanie and also a new character, Alex. It also set up Till as a really good detective. Uh, it shows that she is someone who still is, wants what's right for people, and it makes her a more compelling character. And I've got to say, I love seeing this version of Till now. She's much more intriguing and I like her dynamic with Leighton, that she's still good with them. Also, she's still good with the other security force on the train. Uh, also, a little spoiler, we do find out what the brakemen have been up to because they kind of disappeared right before the whole everything went to hell happened, and we find out exactly what occurred. It's kind of shocking. And how does it all end? Well, leaves you to a big, a big, big cliffhanger for what's going to happen. I mean... Will someone die? Well, we're going to have to wait to find out. This one is definitely borrow someone's subscription to watch. Totally worth watching right now. <sighs> so now let us get to the elephant in the room. The penultimate episode of The Stand. Episode 8, The Stand, directed by Vincenzo Natali, who directed the last episode. And I got to admit that Vincenzo Natali kind of gets how this is supposed to run. He added some new elements. However, this felt more in line with how the series should have been than the last fucking seven episodes. I mean, there's been some great elements to it, but this show has been a shit show. Let's be honest. It has been, it's not as good as the book. It's made some very bizarre choices. And this episode shows that really well with one of our major characters who I've talked about at length, Lloyd. 
Lloyd was introduced in the second episode and he didn't come back till episode six. And they really did a number on him. The actor they chose, Nat Wolf is terrible as his character. And while you do have a pseudo redeeming moment, maybe this episode felt like we're going to kind of work with what the original source material said, but we're going to just swerve a bit and see what happens. And while the elements that stuck to the original story were well done. The things that they diverted from kind of lessened the episode. It just lessened the impact of what should have been a great triumphant, this is the penultimate episode, this is the thing that you've been waiting for. And with the exception of Greg Kinnear and the main, and our, and uh, I forgot the actor who plays Larry, the rest of the cast, well... We'll talk about in the spoiler section this episode. You have it on the background. It's there's some cool sci-fi elements, but this episode really feel like a waste of time. Uh, okay, so now let's get to the show. I am excited to talk about One Division. One One Division, episode five on a very special episode directed by Matt Shakeman. Now we have reached the '80s, and this episode, wow. Shocking for so many elements, so many things that occurred in this episode that were just jaw-dropping, especially that last sequence. This is TV at its finest. We have so much going on. We have everybody outside of the Hex studying what's going on. Inside the Hex, we have Wanda and Vision's relationship kind of disintegrating at this point. It's starting to crack because, more importantly... Vision is starting to see that things are not what they seem, and how will Wanda be able to stop that? Uh, also, the twins, <laughs> the new twins, um, deal with a major factor of life, and their questions about what is going on with them, questions with Agnes. <sighs> I gotta say, great episode, and that I want to talk about this. This is really, really, really cool. It's really great, um, but we'll discuss that in a little bit. So now let's get to the uh, second to last show that we're talking about, which is the most Pratchetty episode of The Watch. Uh, episode 7, Nowhere in the Multiverse, directed by Emma Sullivan, who, she seems to really get Pratchett for some reason. Because this episode deals with Vimes waking up in another reality, while that reality's Vimes is in his body, essentially. And this is getting to the end of everything going on. Um, Carcer has everything he needs to cause problems, almost. He's just missing one final thing, and he needs to do this. He needs to find the the last thing. So he's going to get an evil, uh, quote-unquote, evil Vimes to save the day or ruin the day for the rest of the watch. And in this alternate world, we see so many differences, so many parallels, and it was really cool to see all the little nuances and strangeness that happens. And this felt very pratchety just with a lot of the humor uh there is an entire sequence where death is, is talking to the watch they see him he's like hey question for you who's gonna do this first and then he has a musical montage it is pretty fun i do have to say though i'm a little like i said i'm kind of now really digging the show and i really hope they do get a second season not sure if they are but i won't be hating on it so much so this is uh, totally worth watching once. Finally, uh, we have Zoe's Extraordinary Trip. 
uh, season two, episode five, Zoe, after everything has gone on with this new guy, has decided she's going to take hang out, take a hooky day, and take a bunch of drugs with her neighbor Aiden. And then surprisingly, her boss shows up and he ends up on this trip too. So that happens. And then Simon is asked to do something that goes against his morals. And this leads to a major event at the end of the episode, which is going to have repercussions later on, and it's a segment about stuff. I've got to say, this episode, um, not terrible, not bad, but it's starting to spin its wheels a little bit. Like, the thing is, in this show, Zoe's supposed to be the focal point, and in this episode it's cool because we get a Zoe, a Zoe actual song. But overall, Zoe seems to be the weakest point of the show at the, right now. Everybody else is doing their own thing, and they have so many such great goals. And then Zoe is stuck. She's not compelling. She's not interesting. Us seeing all the other characters getting their huge moments, it's engaging and great for them. But we want more from Zoe, and that's leading to a... I had to say it, I'm get, feeling burnt out on the series... It's getting decreased returns, so I'll talk more about this when we get to the actual spoiler section, but yeah, Uh, this one is, hate to say it, it's a have it on the background, this episode, because, I mean, there is the whole uh, Max and his dad thing, but that's still, like, it's really a have it on the background, really is. Uh, So yeah, so... This is the end of our regular section, our non-spoiler section. We're going to have some music and then get to that part. But if you've not watched these episodes, hope this filled you in a little bit. Check them out, then come back after the music to hear the rest of our thoughts in our spoiler section. As usual, I am your host, Zan. I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time, and keep watching TV. See you in a little bit after the music.
time. So it's our section where we talk about spoilers. So if you have not checked it out, we will. Um, you should definitely stop listening. And joining me once again because she had things to do earlier is. Hey, it's Greta. Yes. So let's actually get to it because we've got some really good shows to talk about, and one which actually we're gonna. I think we're gonna skip on because I'm kind of confused by it a little bit. But we're starting off first with Zoe's extraordinary trip, and this episode. It's weird because the whole thing is last episode we found that Aiden moved in and he's kind of a cool guy. He's a kid playing sex and candy and he was in Australia and he has a life of, his view of life is life's unwritten. Do what you need to do. And Zoe kind of needs that right now. She's a little, yeah. that's a good way to put it. She's bogged down by life. There's a lot of, real, there's a lot of management that she's been thrown into heavy relationship stuff she's taking a break from she needs a chill out she tried being moment. super positive she tried being and this is so i'm just and gonna the world was against her for that and now it's i don't care i'm just gonna let things happen as they are which is gonna probably bite her in the ass i think i mentioned when we were watching it's like oh life's hard let's get high and eat popsicles that's pretty much what happens and then her boss calls because one her boss got out of house arrest because he made a deal with the judges. So he's now free to do what he wants to do, but he's he's dealing with a big PR issue that, as we know, Simon is in charge of. The problem is the new Spark Watch update makes it so that anyone who's not Caucasian will not be recognized by the new Spark Watch. And they want... So it had a whole conversation about inclusion and diversity and... So they want him to say this, and Simon is a black man, and it's kind of a... It's a big issue. Yeah, and it leads to, he has a conundrum of, should I say this and just deal with it? And then in five years, I will make the jump to to in charge, and then I can fix things from the top? Or should I make rock the boat now and then potentially screw myself? Like, he has a seat at the table. What do you do with it? Uh, you also have the issue where, since um, Zoe's mom turned down that guy, he's being a little brusque with the situation he's being kind of a jerk and um what's her name sister who's now working with them is kind of defending her because she doesn't think that the mom can defend herself so this the leads the only way she knows hi doing a bunch of bad stuff and this leads Taking to Taking up a cactus and in the guy's hot rod also filling it up with poop also known as manure yeah. or fertilizer, fertilizer. So it's a whole mess, which has led to her having to fire her, and that leads to stress there. And then we have Max and Mo. Their investors aren't coming in, so he's decided he's going to talk to his dad, who has dentistry money, to invest in their company. And he always feels that his dad doesn't respect him. And it's a moment of, should he fall on a sword or what? And you have all these components. And like I said in the earlier spoiler-free section, this episode... Zoe's story is the least interesting. Everybody else's is so compelling. It's you have, uh, I think it's Margaret, um, being able to uh, uh, stand up for herself to her quote unquote protege slash friend, and then make up with it. We have Max telling his dad, "I don't want your money if you're invested 100." percent It's a difference between giving me the money because I need it and then believing in me. It's the principle of the matter. Because that's the big thing of this episode is principles. Because eventually Zoe does realize she has to stay principled and she can't just say fuck it all. She wants to. 
she wants to and it's it's hysterical the sequence when they they take the drugs and she starts tripping out and then her boss shows up and she's like i'm not here i can hear you what do you guys take (laughs) it's like and then they go on a huge drug bender and then it's typical like this is far i don't want to walk so far hey my mom has popsicles okay and then they just forget what happened like most stoners do and that was comical and also seeing them sing starships as a huge dance montage and they see in reality she's just singing it really badly and they're kind of singing it where there was kind of novel this show is really losing steam and it's as i said earlier it's got decreased returns it's not as fresh as it was the beginning of the series the first season was so much better and this season it's still finding its legs which i understand however i don't know if this is gonna stay as fresh as it was or or do you think i'm wrong with that i think that the whole story the whole premise of the show was specific her dad was dying she was going through it how does that and now that that happened that happened it's a it's a completely different show but they're still trying to go along the same way like it feels unclear. It does. This is why in romantic comedies, TV shows, they don't get the two you want to get together. They don't get them together because that tension is what keeps the show going. That's why if you watch Lois and Clark, at one point they get together, but it turns out it's not really Lois. It's a clone of Lois. And then the last season when they do get together, they do get married. It's really, the episode is, we're serious this time. From then on, it became very like... It's the end. It wasn't the end. They, they kept going, but it wasn't as it, fresh. It needs tension. It needs something else. Like the new series of Lois and Clark, they've been married, they have kids, but it's them dealing with the fact that they've had kids. But that, that whole premise of that show isn't based on... The romance. The tension of the romance and almost happening and all of that. So I, I think that Zoe's going to have a challenging moment because they sold us on the story and they concluded it in season And the other story, which was the romance... She just shot down one, and the other one we didn't bring up with this fact that Simon seems to be interested in the reporter. They have a thing. Right. In the first episode of the season, it's Max and Simon singing, are you going to be my girl? And now it's like, they both are like, bye Felicia. And she's like, standing there alone. I just, this show is worth having on the background. It's not really that good so far. And next episode, I think we're going to take a break from. It's the season, the, se- the mid-season finale, but honestly, I... It seems like it's an agended episode, and I'm fine with that, but meh. Well, I'm not ready to give up on it yet. We'll see how it goes. So now let's get into the episode, which I'm actually really surprised and happy about, and that is the most Pratchardy episode of The Watch, (laughs) Uh, Nowhere in the Multiverse. And I gotta say, this episode did a lot for Vimes. It made me like him a lot more, because so far this season, Vimes has been so far removed from the book version but he seems that his core element is still there. And I like that it's, he wakes up in the prison, which no longer exists. And his cellmate is the guy that got killed, who who's now talking with, he's like, he's like, what about Mr. Hand? You won't do what I say. <laughs> and then the warden being, of course, uh, Sybil Ramkin. And then the, the hardest screw in the prison is Carrot, who goes from, oh, a nice guy to, I'm a complete asshole. And then seeing Detritus again. 
I hope that it hints that Detritus is coming back because it showed the rock moving. I hope that the, that he merges and gets back together. And I like the rocks always know. This is Grandma. And he pushed his face up against it. He's like, you're not our vines. He's like, you know about these things? He's, rocks always know. So you have that going on in the one world. Then the other Vimes is now in uh, our, in well, the main watches world. And he has to find out where the missing the missing element is i'll let carcer and wants control the sword of the sword that controls a dragon and they think it's Sybil ramkin so they're going to trick the watch to be captured and this vimes is i like that he's despite the fact that he's a coward and he's very like i don't want to go to prison and he's still vimes he's still good at heart like it turns out in that universe the roles were reversed where Vimes was the one who was the leader of the gang and Carcer is the one who became the captain of the watch. And he's a good person. And Vimes was angry, but he didn't try to kill Carcer. And Carcer saved his life. And he's like, Carcer's my friend. And he saved my life twice. And there's a moment where Carcer sees this and he's talking to Wants saying, it can't be. Because Vimes is always Vimes. Because if he's not, then I'm a bad person. And it's like you are a bad person like your alternate is a good person you're just an asshole you're that has been an issue that he's the worst version of himself i don't think he's oh oh you mean the vimes is the worst version of vimes the worst version of himself in the multiverse and he's that bad yeah he's not because Vimes is apparently, no matter what, he's a good person. And I love... But I feel like the Vimes we were introduced to in the very first episode was more rough around the edges than... The one who's crazy, who's in prison? Yeah. Yeah. But that Vimes is, is a perpetual drunk. I mean, he's going to arrest a dog and then pee on him when he pisses on his leg. But you have that going on. You have some of the future going on. And there's a lot of great elements. And I love the fact that... Uh, that Sybil knew immediately it wasn't her Vimes when she kissed him. She's like, you're not my Vimes. And it's like, my Vimes. She totally bent that. It was, and I like that. And this is set up so much for what's going on. Um, The prison scene where they're in the old prison, which it was abandoned, and they get locked in, and you see Death's like, so, if you you tell me which one of you is going to eat the other person first, that'd help a little bit. And Karen's like, I know this guy. Is there anything you could do? Well, I got a little something, something. And he starts singing a 40-minute song. And like saying, huh, did it have to be 40 minutes? Yeah, well, it's called techno. <sighs> death. I love Death. I, it's so different from Discworld, but it makes sense why it's different. They explain it, especially with the auditors. It explains why it's different, and I like that. Also, speaking of which, I love the fact that each universe is in the file cabinets, and you see like when Vime switches places, it like the file cabinet, the filing cabinet, and the opens, and it just flips it up. So like he, they switch from one filing cabinet to another filing cabinet. I like that. It's really cool. Uh, but end of the episode, we find out that the thing which is the missing stone is not Vimes. It's not uh Sybil Ramkin. It's the badge. Of the captain because the blood was spilled on it. So now, unfortunately, Carcer has that, has the helm, has the sword. He can now control the dragon. What's going to happen? And now, pretty much, they're like, we're fucked. (laughs) We have to wait for the next episode, which is the season finale, to see what happens. And honestly, I'm now wanting to see a second season. If they get some of... 
just getting for me it's just getting going because the... i'm just now enjoying it because it was so much set up i had to learn a whole new a whole new world i i feel like i feel, it's just getting going for me and i'm not ready for it to be over i've invested I'm happy that this show proved me wrong. That wasn't that terrible. It was terrible, but it wasn't that terrible. And I like where it's going. Um, I do like that. Cheery didn't get rid of her, her wit, her beard yet. I hope she doesn't get rid of it in the next episode. Cause a core part of Cheery in the books is the beard. Well, I think she was ashamed of it before. It was a thing for her to like, take it off. It was like against the norm and the whatever, but it, I feel like she can embrace it now and it's more of a source of strength. Yeah. In a way where she was like ashamed or she didn't want it before. And like, I, I feel like the series is just getting going. I feel like the whole season was the prequel we needed before the season started to understand everything. I really agree with that. And I gotta say this show is a surprise for, for me. It really is. Cause it's, well, but I'm also irritated that it took all of this setup to be invested in it. It kind of did the reverse of <clears throat> one of the shows we're going to be talking about soon, where it spent eight episodes doing nothing, <laughs> spinning its wheels and like, this might be good. This might be good. Nope. Um, but now let's get to the one that I'm really excited to talk about. One. Well, no, it's now it's what is the, the 80s one? Like, WandaVision. Opening up with the whole facts of life, painting the pictures. This episode was opens up where the twins are little, and it turns out that uh, Wanda can't use her magic on them. Her it's magic doesn't work on the on kids. Them. Which is interesting, because it's showing that they're out, out of her control, and more importantly, Vision's out of her control. Because as I said in the spoiler-free section... This is the beginning of the disintegration of their relationship. It really is. It's... I don't think it's a disintegration of the relationship. I think it's a disintegration of the illusion. Oh, it totally is a disintegration of the illusion because um, them getting the email from uh, Sword on the old email and then Vision using a power which we never knew he had to touch people in their forehead and then open them up from Wanda's control is strange. But let's get to it. So first off, uh, an Agnes breaking character in the first two minutes where... Oh, is that... Did you want me to do it again? Yeah, she stops and's like, uh... <laughs> like, oh no, that's not fake. We're not recasting it. Why are you asking me? <laughs> it's only her and Herb seem to be the two that know what's going on. But Herb, we and haven't And are seen... quote unquote playing along. True, which might make sense. Uh, we have to wait and see where that is going, but um, the big thing of the episode, like all WandaVisions, like the first episode was, it's a dinner party with Mr. Hart. The second episode was, it's the magic show. The third episode was, Wanda's pregnant. Haha. Uh-huh. This episode dealt with the kids growing up super fast. Like within five minutes, they went from babies to eight-year-olds and then they come home with a dog and i do like that the whole sitcom of hey who barked <laughs> and it's like it's like no you can't have a, a dog till you're 10 oh no no ten. no and then they grow up to 10 years old and they can have a dog but then they deal with the fact that uh so they... and then in the same episode their dog dies yeah the dog gets killed uh but 
the weird part is that Agnes is like the one who finds the dog and she has it wrapped up already. And I was like, that feels weird. It felt like she like killed the dog. It was like, oh, he's dead. He's. I found him in my azalea bushes. It was very strange. Very weird. Uh, while this is all going on out in the real MCU, we have our three mains, Monica, Jimmy Woo, and Darcy studying everything going on while butting heads with Haywood. And something is up with Haywood. He's being a doo-doo head. He's a, he's a, he's really a prick. And he wanted to say doo-doo head too. I wanted to say something else. Uh, like they, they figure out, okay, if we can't send, what if we send something in that's made with technology from the eighties? So they send a drone that they made with eighties tech to talk to Wanda. And then of course it's not working. And Haywood's like, uh, take the shot. It's like, wait, what? There's a and there's a missile yeah, on the drone. He armed drone. it. He armed it. I it was do... supposed to be a communication piece, and he armed it. The best though is that you see after a minute, Wanda comes out in full Avengers outfit. Says, "Is this yours?" With her accent, chucks it, and Monica's like, "Listen, this this is just communication. I wasn't trying to. You know me. You were in my head. I don't want to hurt you. Uh, just what can we do to help you?" And she's like, "I have everything I need. Just leave me alone." And then when Haywood's being like, yeah, well, what? There's nothing you could do. You're going to hold him hostage? You're going to do this? She just uses her magic. And the minute that all of his men aim their guns at him, he's like, oh, God, don't hurt me. (laughs) So he seems very posturing. And I think he is a coward. I think that that's going to come up later where he's like, I'm the best. And then the minute he sees power, he's going to No, no, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. I'm the good guy. Yeah, this is going to bite him in the ass. This episode ends where Vision finally asks Wanda, what the hell's going on? I talked to her without your control. What's going on? And she says she honestly doesn't know. Part of me thinks she honestly she doesn't know. Maybe she doesn't remember. Maybe she blocked it out. I think she didn't know. And now she's becoming aware. Like she forgot, she made herself forget, and now she's remembering? Well, no, I think like she went into a rage and was grieving and... Whatever happened. Kind of like blacked out in anger, and she's coming to and like, oh. Like in the moment, like if you're dreaming and then you realize you're dreaming and then you try to have control over your dream, and then you wake up. I see. I I think she knows that she was dreaming. I think the scene that showed that Vision was no longer controls when he says, stop lying to me, and you see him higher than her, like, ready to. And he says, like, I'm scared. I don't remember anything. And she's like, don't worry. You don't want to remember that. And then he brings up the fact, every time something goes wrong, every time we have an argument, every time this, that, the doorbell rings. And the doorbell rings. And he's like, and she's like, I didn't do that. I honestly did do that. And he's like, I want to believe you. But he's ignoring whole statistics now. But so. I don't. And this is the shock of the episode because it opens up and we see silver hair and we're like, oh my God. Because earlier she was talking about that she had a twin brother, Pietro. And we see Pietro. Pietro. But it's not Pietro. It's not Aaron Johnson. It's Evan Peters. So it's the Quicksilver from the the X-Men universe. And Darcy even says, she recast Pietro? Dun, dun, dun. And that's where the episode ends. And... He seems like the typical 80s, like, hey, I'm the long-lost brother. I'm going to cause problems. Because <laughs> he says, like, what, no no hug from the long-lost brother? And I was like, this is like a soap opera thing. Like, Johnny disappeared, but he returned with a new face because he had surgery. But it's still Johnny. This episode, this show is so or good. Or is it? 
this that is a question is this him the big question is what does this mean does this mean she's bringing in people from other dimensions to replace them does this mean we're going to get other characters showing up from other dimensions are we going to get magneto maybe we're going to get him in there maybe they're going to change things completely maybe we get ian mckellen who knows there is lots to wonder in one division but i'm excited division um right now my theory though is i think this is pietro i don't think it's a clone i don't think it's something else i think he's from another dimension sides that i have no idea what's going on oh i will say i did like the commercial it was for lagos whenever you make a mistake lagos uh, a kitchen wipe and they're using lagos the city she destroyed because of her powers and Someone mentioned that each of the colors for all the episodes are different Infinity Stone colors, which might make sense. It is very interesting. But I don't know. It's, it seems like they're, I think they're just moments in her, her past because it seems to be just moments for what's going on. But we're going to have to wait and see. But we don't know. All right. So let's now pull a bandaid off of the one which I'm a little upset about that I will admit, though. Uh, Vincenzo Natale did a good job with this episode narratively wise like it's coherent it's not the we're going to show the past and the future and I'm talking about the stand episode the stand it's narratively it makes sense it's not immediate res it's not jumping back and forth and you don't focus too much on other characters it's just focusing mainly on uh, Larry Glenn and quote unquote Ray and then the other storyline is dealing with Lloyd, uh, Nadine, Randall Flagg, and surprisingly Rat Girl, who I don't... Oh, and of course, who shows up at the end of the episode? Trash Can Man, of course. I don't like Trash Can Man. <sighs> this episode opens up with... So in the original book, it's just they show up in Vegas, Nadine's already dead... And then it goes, ta-da, we're going to have the trial in front of everybody, and we're going to kill them, and then the hand of God shows up, and that's how the episode ends. This episode opens up with an actual trial that's televised, and you have Lloyd as, they don't even say, they even comment, like, what are you, I thought you were supposed to be the, you're not the bailiff, I thought you were the, the prosecutor. Who the hell are you? It's like, he's just kind of just reading the proclamation and being stupid. While Rat Girl is in charge of, like, is running the circus. It feels more like she's in charge than he is. But she's kind of comically in charge, because I feel like she has a costume change. She has a couple of costume changes. But, but, you know, but she has a costume change for every different role she's playing. Okay, now she's going to be judged, so she's going to have those scales as a sticker on her cheek, and then she's going to, you know... Be the cleanup lady, and she's gonna have glitter on her face. So she's gonna be the MC. So now she's got the top hat. Like she just—they would rather spend time on these characters who were not, or like in the book, is one sentence as opposed to the main characters. I will say I did like, but at the same time, an adaptation from the book is when the director or screenwriter takes what they enjoyed from it and show it from their perspective. This. This feels like it's more coherent, like they're trying to be reverent to the original source material, but not really. And you see that. Like, the trial sequence makes some sense. And I do like that Glenn stands up. He addresses the camera saying, is he even here? Is he even watching? And then he's the catalyst 
for the ball rolling and everything going wrong when he gets killed. And they kept this thing of what he gets. He's saying, you're not going to shoot me. You can't shoot me. He gives you power. Don't do that. And when he shoots him, he does the line of, you didn't know any better. I forgive you. And that sets Lloyd off to killing him further, which it's fine. But Lloyd is, he's supposed to be someone who's losing control, but he's still like, he's trying to be in control. This Lloyd is, he's a baby. He's he's a whiny baby who's crying. He's a toddler. He he's he's not compelling. I will say that another... he's a petulant toddler. So he's being messed up. Then you have Nadine giving birth after she goes talking to Larry, who shows her the truth that she's not really beautiful. That she's actually uh, been delusioned and hypnotized. Turns out that he's actually gonna that she's going to die in order to give birth to this monstrosity, which according to some people I was talking to online, that might actually be Mordred, which uh, if that was Mordred, I'm happy that did not happen because Mordred is horrifying. Who's Mordred? Mordred is uh, the dark man's son in the dark tower universe. He's a half spider, half human who looks horrifying. I don't like spiders. Uh, Neither do I. Uh, He makes Pennywise look cute. I don't like that. In his real form. So yeah. Uh, but Nadine realizes she's being used, uses her stone, smashes a window, and dies. And that scene's actually kind of horrific. But then Randall Flagg sends Nadine's head to Larry to be like, oh. But Larry takes it as, oh, this is the, the kingdom's oh, calling. Oh, You killed her. Who's wow. next? <laughs> He's like, yeah. This oh, is that's me. where we're at. Yeah. Like, oh, you're not in charge. You don't know what you're doing. There is no, gr- you don't have a grand plan that you're following. Yeah. Then we go to the execution, which unlike last time where they're chained to, to cars, they're going to pull them apart. It's they're going to be drowned. So they're kneeling, not standing. Kind of lame. Uh, and Kneeling with their hands handcuffed in front of them as if they're praying. And Lloyd trying to take control and realizing he's doing wrong. And I love the fact that when he starts beating Larry, well, before he beats Larry, he says, I just want to let you know I really liked your music. Like he breaks character like it's a show. And then when he starts beating him, Larry keeps saying, I will fear no evil. And then you hear other people echoing it. And you see that the the uh, spell is wearing off. And Randall Flagg is losing his powers. And because he's Mr. Hover Power. Yeah, he absorbs the, the, the belief. Which is kind of cool, kind of crappy also. And also, one thing I will say, when he shows up and then starts rave dancing, that completely took me out of the character. I know... Alexander Skarsgård could do better. Like when he was with Mama Abigail, with Mother Abigail, when he was alone with Nick, those sequences are so compelling and he's so charismatic. And then him just, yeah, just dancing like an idiot. It feels underwhelming. Disingenuine. It doesn't feel disingenuine. It just feels like it's a different character and not well done. It feels disingenuine to me. However, the point we've all been waiting for, um, Trash Can Man drives into the building with the uh, with the nuke, which apparently they changed it without explaining anything, that he was supposed to drive it to the airport. Because in the original book, he blew up all the airplanes, and then he was bringing back the bomb as a, I'm sorry. In this one, he's supposed to bring it to the airport and said, goes to bring it right to Randall Flagg. And it's like, it's like I did it for Because I think life they were supposed you. to drop it over Colorado. Yeah. But him saying, my life for you, then looking at the sky means I'm wondering, was he talking about God at that point? I will say... It would be nice to think that he had his come to Jesus moment, literally. And he was trying to make right in the only way he knew how. 
I will say I liked, I do like the original version like better, even though it's kind of horrifying when you see Trash Can Man in the mo- in the original 1994 movie. When you see him take off his goggles, his goggles are fused to his head. And it, like it's just like it's like yeah, I can't this is see. rough. Like his skin's bubbling. I mean, he was all scarred up before. It, he doesn't like he's supposed to be a compelling character that you feel sorry for. This one, no, you're like, oh, he's a freak now. Okay, have fun. And no, but he was a freak before. I just I don't know. So it ends where you see a cloud appear and it wraps around the hotel and it looks like a hand, of course, and a ball comes out and it starts shocking everybody except for the pool, which they're in, which is filled with water. Kills everybody except Lloyd. Lloyd doesn't get zapped. No, no, no. He gets decapitated. Also, we spend more time He had it coming. He was but he was bettering himself. He had that moment of I'm sorry, but it didn't matter. I just like they I'm... focused on Julie who's a minor fucking character as a major point. Like, oh, it's Julia. Let's focus on her for a bit. Like, she was in the book for three paragraphs. She's the one who identifies that uh, Tom is in Vegas, and she tried to seduce Nick and then tried to kill them. That was it. She didn't need to be Lloyd's girlfriend or take the show. This really let me down, and now we have a coda coming out next week to finish us off. I don't know if this is going to be good or not. Uh, the, the end of the episode is uh, Vegas gets blown up by the bomb. Everybody who's baddie or the people who are even good get disintegrated. Um, I'm pretty sure that Larry and Ray went right home. I do like that Ray, we get more character development with her. Like her saying, I'm a tough guy. But she's like, well, listen, I'm, I act tough, but I'm a sissy. Like I don't like even getting shots from the doctor. I'm not good with pain. Mm-hmm. That was a cool moment. Why couldn't we have learned more about her? Because she's human. We should have learned more about her, though. We never did. And then, end of the episode, everything gets blown up. We see Stu and Kojak. Kojak runs off and brings Tom. And now, hopefully, if this does it right, we'll get the Tom Tom Stu show where they go back to Colorado. And, well, um, Franny's given birth, so we'll see how this all ends. Did Stephen King do it, or is he going to do his typical, I fuck up the ending? Well, have to wait for next episode to find out. I have no faith in the show anymore. I just, we're finishing this off, and then that's it. I might do this as a separate episode, just talking about the show. I might do that, just to cut time. Um, Now, generally, I would talk about Snowpiercer here. However, Greta hasn't watched it yet. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to hold off on the spoiler part to next episode. So we'll talk about both of them together. Uh, but let's get to Resident Alien Episode 3. Um, and this episode, actually, I learned something from the stand in this episode that was used in this. Huh. The fact that ski guards use bombs to cause avalanches. Yes, they do. Yes. So we found that out in this episode. And because of that, Harry lost... A bunch of equipment and where his ship was. Or parts for his ship. Where the bomb is that he needs to find. So he's been set back. And he's also dealing with the kid who is just being a jerk. And like saying... He he makes a statement about how... you I, I picture you up in your tower looking like being... It's an expression. And the kid takes it literally and says, You're an idiot. You thought we had towers. He's like, No, I didn't. I didn't know any better. I'm not stupid. You're stupid. You dick. And he's like, he's like, hey, language. And he starts not cursing, but then as the kid walks away, he's like, you asshole. <laughs> I like their dynamic. It's 
for me, it's reminiscent of um, Mr. Wilson. Oh, Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace. Yeah, but this one, the kid's trying to kill him, too. And I, I love that he twisted. He, said, he told the mom, he's like, you're not paying attention to him enough. And now they won't know. He's like, no one will believe you now. Tell them whatever you want. They won't believe you. Go ahead. Try. And now he has to deal with all the things going on with that. And then they find the foot. Uh, one of the old men finds a foot in the freaking lake, and it's his foot. I like that he steals the foot and puts it next to his foot to verify it's the same one. I love that 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 the sheriff is like, what the hell's wrong with you? And he goes in. It's like, you can't steal that bucket. That's our drinking bucket. And they pulls a beer, which is next to the foot, out of the bucket and drinks it. Which was gross. And then he's like, I need uh, skin samples. You could send it to the thing. And he gets, instead of a skin sample, he gets, uh, <laughs> he, he takes the foreskin from a kid that he circumcises. Because he's watching about circumcision because he can't sleep well. Because he learns everything from online. So he does that, and then he gives the kid uh, the sample to Big Black so he won't find it. Then they end up finding the body in a hilarious scene. And while this is going on, you have Ashta and the very interesting bartender hanging out, kind of being townies. Yeah. Like saying, oh, so we're going to hang out. You're depressed? We're going to hang out. So what are we going to do? Well, we'll watch the we'll watch the, the body drenching from the lake. I thought we were going out. Oh, I'll be fine. And then later on, well, uh, my ex is having a party. And it's like, no, your ex isn't having a party. Your ex's son is having a party. And your two older ladies at a They went to a high, high school, school party. Park. And I love they brought their friend. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm at a high school party. And she's the one that makes them realize it. And then the end of the episode, we find out that the girl who's kind of an asshole to Harry, who works at the hospital, at the town clinic, is, in actuality, Astra's daughter that she gave up. Which is so sad and depressing. And It is very sad, very depressing. It really is. Um, she And she wonders if she gave it up, if, if it was a mistake, if it wasn't. And her adopted dad, I like that he's understanding and there for her. it's just it's heartbreaking her story is so compelling in this version as opposed to her the other the source material i love i love how this is going and it's good to see a native american actress who is like carrying a lead but who's also actually a native american yes very true uh also gonna put this out there the bartender is way too thirsty yeah way she's like it's like i don't like you anymore and she's like no she's totally still into him and she's like creepy into him yeah too thirsty uh oh another highlight of the episode is the mayor who's kind of an idiot eating doggy treats wait when did he eat dog treats remember he's eating the 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 snacks he's like we don't have the budget for snacks like that's dog treats and he's like oh it was dog it wasn't dog treats it was dog food I thought it was dog treats. It was bison. And then we see that uh, in Harry's basement, in the cooler that he's hiding, the actual Harry, and it's filled with bison meat that's frozen. And then he buys a bunch of locks and locks, and then he's able to sleep. Also, we see when he first... The, the end of the episode's cool, because the end of the episode... Um, in the opening of the episode, we found that when he was on Earth exploring before he came back to get his body, uh, before to, to find out what happened, he ran to a, a cowboy... 
scared him and stole his hat and his horse. And now the cowboy at the end of the episode is selling his story right in a book. And this group of people, I'm assuming men, men and women in black, or maybe there are other aliens, we're not sure, pretty much knock him out, kill him, and make it look like a mugging. So we don't know what's going on. But it's interesting. It's like, there's other aliens here. Or it's people who are hunting aliens. We're not sure. This show is well done, and I'm excited for this. Even though you have the weirdness of Alan Tudyk being a weirdo, I kind of like that. Like, I love that he's like, I don't sleep good. And he, he doesn't sleep good because he, he's lonely, and he's like, I want what she, I want that. And she's looking at the, he's looking at the girl, and he's like, oh God, you want her? Like, no, no I want sleep. Yeah, I wanted, <clears throat> I thought that was interesting too. Uh, the murder has been completely forgotten about. I mean, until the end of the episode, they bring up the fact that uh, his uh, prescription pad is circulating town. Is missing. One of the pads is missing, and there are drugs that are showing up that were filled recently with the prescription pad. So we know something's up, but it's like the complete murder mystery, which is why they did this series, is thrown to the wayside for antics with Harry. So, I don't know. Kind of 50-50 on this. I mean, I get that it's... You can't do it on one mystery, but I do like the fact that the original Harry in the graphic novel, he wanted to solve this because he was addicted to human murder mysteries. That's how he learned English, reading murder mysteries. He got addicted to and was interested in being a detective. This one, it's just something to do while he looks for his doomsday device to kill everybody. Yeah. But I think the other people are aliens. That are hunting him and... Or protecting him. Something's going to happen with the Doomsday device. They're not going to do it. Probably. Humans will be saved. We're going to have to wait and see. So let's actually get to our last show. Uh, Prodigal Son, take your father to work day. And this one actually opens up great. Because it opens up where you see Jerry completely sane. Completely sane from last we saw him. When he was throwing his shoes at Malcolm. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. We saw him sane afterwards because Martin zapped him trying to kill him and fixed him up. And now he's getting out in a day. Which makes everybody except for Martin really pissed off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're ready to kill him. And then the next scene is we see Martin outside playing basketball while uh, his guard is just... Mr. David is watching him. And then we see... Jerry fall out of the sky, splat right next to him. And the cops show up and he's like, was there one witness? Yeah, him. And I love that Gil just is, he just, the look on his face when he sees it's, it's Martin. He's like. Yeah, like, uh, not you again. And he's being like, oh yes, this is great. We'll work together. Let's, and I'm part of the team finally. We'll talk about that. Uh, this was a Danny Light episode. Because... She left again. She left and, and uh, well, we found out more about uh, issues with uh, JT. He may or may not be taking stuff up with the union. But this episode mainly was dealing with Malcolm in at Clareview, dealing with all of the psychopaths there. Like him setting up a sting with his dad where they have an argument in the middle of group therapy session. And then it just was an okay episode. But there's it some felt real, like a filler. 
It did, but the big story elements are with Ainsley. The fact that Jessica first off goes to Martin and says, what's going on? Uh, I asked them what bottle of liquor they dropped, and they remembered it exactly. That's a lie. Why are they lying to me about a rock? Who cares about a random bottle of Syrah or whatever it was? You know, I love that Martin's first like, you're absolutely right. Maybe she did. What are you, t- you, you insane? Your, your daughter killing someone and then pretending to, like, he tells her the truth, but he, he, he's so flippant about it. Then it she makes it feel like, it. of course you're crazy. That couldn't have happened. And at the end of the episode, after we discover that the actual murderer was his ex girl, uh, Jerry had a girlfriend in the cell who was not happy that he was leaving, went crazy, wanted to kill, uh, no, it wasn't a, a Dana-like, because da- uh, uh, she's at the end of the episode trying to save him. My bad. Sorry, brain's fuzzy today. Uh, but it ends where they're stuck in the basement in a cat and mouse game, and we have, more importantly, the good doctor has access to a gold key card and the exit to get out. And his son is being attacked by this crazy girl. and He has a choice between... Does he save his son? Or does he escape? And he's, he takes the guy's jacket, puts it on, and he thinks he's going to escape. But then he sees Danny, goes with her, and then saves his son. They catch him, but I'm pretty sure he stole that key card. Oh, yeah. I think he still has it. He probably hid it somewhere where they're not going to see, and he's going to use it to get out eventually. But that happens, and at the end of the episode, we find out that the kids missed one tiny, tiny thing. Speck of blood. She asks what happens, and at first she says, you did this, didn't you? And he doesn't, he's like, yeah, I did it. And the minute, and she's like a mom, she knows when they're lying. It's like, oh my God, Ainsley did it. And you're covering for her. And he's like, she doesn't She doesn't know know. she did it. And Ainsley's like having a nightmare, and she goes into sleep with her mom, and her mom's like, it's okay, it's okay. And you see the look of like, she's cuddling a monster. This is going to have severe repercussions for later on, especially once because it seems like she's remembering or she's she has an altar or she's developing an altar. And yeah. if she defenses an alt- alternate personality, that will be screwed up. I think she is messed up enough to where she doesn't know. I think she blocks out. So she has moments where she's, but then that the altar's in control then. But it doesn't seem like a split personality or an alter ego. It seems like her body's on autopilot. It feels like it's, it is an alternate personality that potentially like uh, dissociated, but anyway. But I don't know. I'm, that's not my specialty, you know? Uh, Zan's opening up his old, uh, his old psychiatry to degree, which he never uses. So yeah, we're not going to get it. I will say, I think that Michael Sheen is having a blast. I said it earlier, but he's the best part of the show because he's reveling in this. And when he actually has the argument with his son, and then he's like, oh, you weren't lying in, in, in group. You really do have issues. You do blame me, don't you? And you saw the, the feeling of hurt from Martin. Yep. And he does care about his kids. He's just... And he admits he's like, I'm sorry. I it was wrong of me to chloroform you. He admits he was wrong. He's like, he's like, he's like, look, I was wrong. I made the mistake. Not the fact that he brought him out there to kill him. No, that had nothing to do with it. He's not sorry about that. He's just sorry he chloroformed his son. He could have dealt differently. 
I think the series big bad is going to be Ainsley. I think she's going to be the series big bad overall. I think she's probably going to kill Martin, and that's just going to be because the whole thing's prodigal son, and it's going to be the daughter is the real issue. Well, it could be the prodigal son is the daughter. True. How is this going to end? What's going to? Oh, also, one thing got to bring up: uh, Keiko again, the do- the good doctor. <laughs> I loved her geeking out while talking to uh, Mister Whitley. And they're geeking out over the new science novels. And Gil's like, stop talking to the serial killer. <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah. She stops. And she's get, she was getting super excited because she had not slept in a while. Because she's not part of the team. It's going to be all good. going to be all good. I like her. I love her. It's Lane. I just... Eh. You need a quirky Emmy. A hundred percent. I don't think they're ever going to do anything with the romance plot with them, though. That's never going to happen. I think she will always love him. But I'm going to be happy when she has her own person. Yeah. I mean, it's it's obvious the show is kind of hinting he's going to end up with... Uh, yeah. Anyway. So, that yeah, that's our thoughts for the episode for this week. I mean, next week, pretty much, if, if I do do the episode with the stand just doing the finale, just getting it out of the way... Uh, and we're skipping Zoe. That gives us the finale for The Watch. The latest episode of WandaVision. Um, the next episode of Snowpiercer. Or two for Greta. And then the next episode of Resident Alien. And the and the, seri- and the season, mid-season finale for Prodigal Son. So yeah. So that's good. And then after that, we have nothing for a while. I don't, oh, that's not true. We have... Um, we're going to have Resident Alien still going on. Snowpiercer still going on. No, actually, no. Just WandaVision, I think. I think it's going to go down to WandaVision again. Mm-hmm. And then maybe if we go on to DC, we could watch Stargirl Season 2. Or... Okay. We could try watching Batwoman Season 2. Yeah, a lot of people have been asking me for that. and No offense, but... Uh, no. It's just... No. no. I'm not going to do any... I'm going to be honest right now. I will cover the movies for Batman. I will not cover any of the TV shows. It's just after Gotham burned me so bad. I'm kind of Batman out right now. That's why I didn't talk about Harley Quinn, the TV series, even though I heard it was really good. That's why I'm not talking about Titans. That's why I'm not talking about like, I'll talk about the crossover events, but I'm not really going to go deep dive into Batman or Superman right now. But I'm digressing. Anyway, so thank you guys for listening. I am Zan. I'm Greta. We're gone, so we'll catch you guys next time. Keep watching TV and check out our other review for this week as we have our con review, our manga review, and we may be having a movie review where we talk about some cool movie involving a little girl who really just wants everyone to do whatever she says while eating shepherd pie. See ya. Bye.